Hey everybody, I'm Beth Davis and welcome back to part three of our three week series on discipline. This is Teachable Tuesday where every Tuesday we discover God's heart and are changed by his word. We're diving in once again to Hebrews 12, so grab a Bible, let's read, let's pray together, and then let's get right, right to it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you illuminate your word for us? Illuminate our hearts and minds we give you permission, Lord, to touch those uh, tender places, those stiff and achy places, God, in our hearts, in our lives, that are in need of your love and attention. Speak to us now through this word, through our time together. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews 12, starting at verse five. My child, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord or lose heart when you are punished by him. For the Lord disciplines those whom he loves and chastises every child whom he accepts. Endure trials for the sake of discipline. God is treating you as children. For what child is there whom a parent does not discipline? If you do not have that discipline in which all children share, then you are illegitimate and not his children. Moreover, we had human parents to discipline us, and we respected them. Should we not be even more willing to be subject to the Father of Spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, in order that we may share his holiness. Now, discipline always seems painful rather than pleasant at the time, but later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I don't know about you, but I have always been a snoozer. It's a terrible habit. And I have tried many times unsuccessfully to break the habit. Just a couple of years ago, I felt the Lord invite me to go to daily mass. And that 8 a.m. mass really provided a very beautiful and needed structure to my morning. But still, the snoozing stuck around. And just recently, uh, the Lord sort of gently invited me to start going to 6.30 a.m. Mass. Things weren't really working. It was cutting it too close with work, just practically. It wasn't working for my life anymore. And so I found this 6.30 Mass, but uh, I'd never been a morning person, right? I'm a chronic snoozer. And yet, it was undeniable. 6.30 is what would practically work for my life. It was easy enough. It was just a matter of conquering myself. Just a matter of conquering myself. But because God had invited me into this new discipline, I believe there was a lot of grace to make those changes. But one morning I was getting up for mass, my alarm goes off, just 
bright and early at 5.45 a.m. And I was pretty tempted to just snooze for a few minutes, just lay in bed a few more minutes. And as I kind of laid there and tried to pretend like I wasn't awake and <laughs> fall back asleep, I became aware of this song playing in my head. Now, I've known the Lord for a little while now, and it's sort of a thing for us, right? It's a language that we speak, songs, even secular songs. And so as I became aware of this song playing on a loop in my mind, I tuned in and I started listening to the words. Get up, stand up. <laughs> you ever heard that song? It's a Bob Marley song. I don't even know the rest of the words. Stand up for, you're right, something like that. And I became aware of these words going through my mind and surely I was not thinking about a Bob Marley song at 5.45 in the morning. I got the message loud and clear. Get up, stand up. It's time to start your day. It's time to get ready for mass. And the cool thing about it was that it made me laugh. It brought me a lot of joy. In fact, this has been my experience of discipline from God. It's always loving. It's always gentle, even if it hurts in my flesh, even if it's not what I want in the moment. It's coming from the heart of a father who I trust. It hurts so good. You remember we talked about that last week, that discipline is for our good because it comes to us from the heart of a loving father. A father disciplines those he loves. That's the verse you memorized week one of the series. Now, maybe you can relate to me. How many of you are a night owl? <laughs> How many of you consider yourselves a morning lark? We have these natural rhythms, this natural way of being in the world. But what I want to talk to you today about are routines, rhythms. Do you have a routine around that natural bend toward the night, toward a uh, the morning? Do you have a rule or a rhythm of life? The holiest people in the world live by a rule of life they have for centuries. Children need routines. They do best when they have a schedule. And friends, you and I are children of God. Sometimes I would look back at myself and, and maybe you've been there too. Maybe you're in this habit right now of staying up too late. Right? Even if you have a routine, avoiding that routine, guilty. Uh, staying up too late and then snoozing in the morning or scrolling first thing in the morning, scrolling too late at night. The thing is, the morning and the night, they're connected. And oftentimes, I have found in my own life that when I'm struggling spiritually, when I'm failing to show up as the person that God is calling me to be, when I'm struggling to um, act with the virtue that I desire to have spiritually, it's because I'm missing some material need. And I think, friends, I think a lot of it comes down to our mornings and our nights. What's your morning routine and what's your night routine? You need a routine because you're a child. You are God's child. And where I wanna to land today in Hebrews 12, here at the end of our three-week study on discipline, are verses 12 and 13. Uh, the author kind of introduces a new analogy. We've been talking about God as father disciplining his children, but there's another dimension introduced here 
Verse 12, therefore lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. Now you might recognize some of the language in 12 and 13. Uh, the author here, he's hearkening back to Isaiah. He's hearkening back to Proverbs 4. He's wanting to draw your attention to this promise of the Messiah, right? To get ready, to train yourself, to endure until the day of the Lord's coming, right? To walk that straight and narrow path of righteousness. But to really understand it, we've got to go all the way back to verse 1 of Hebrews 12. Now, we've been starting at verse 5, but I don't want you to miss this analogy. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Let us run the race. That's what the author of Hebrews is talking about in 12 and 13. Lift your drooping hands, strengthen your weak knees, and make straight paths for your feet. You can imagine a runner who's coming to the end of his race, who's exhausted, right? He's weaving all over the track. He's tired. But the author of Hebrews is calling us to, to dig deep down into that endurance, into that perseverance, and to push forward. Friends, that's the spiritual life. Spiritual life is a long distance race. It's not a short sprint. We've got to train for the spiritual life as though it's going to last our whole life. This is endurance running, not a short sprint. Maybe you've done one of those like couch to 5k. In the beginning, you're not running right away. You're not even jogging. You're doing short intervals. You're just tying your shoes and taking a walk around the block. You wouldn't be ready. And then over time, as you continue to open that app and lace up your shoes and get out and walk, you build endurance. You build strength, both mental and physical. And the same is true of the spiritual life. The same is true of discipline. We don't start at the finish line. We start at the beginning. We make those small steps, those small changes. We allow God, our Father, our coach, to train us. That's that new dimension of a relationship. That might be a new way of thinking about the Lord for you, but I want to encourage you to start thinking about God as a coach. He's like one of those great dads who coaches his child's uh, baseball team or basketball team. We've got coach dad, and he's wanting to coach us uh, to live, to run uh, a long race, a race for the rest of our lives. But to do that, we've got to shed some limited thinking about discipline, about habits, about ourselves. We've got to turn to our coach, to God, and to ask for a growth mindset. We've got to adopt a growth mindset instead of being discouraged at the first sign of trouble. Remember the words of Hebrews today to um, lift your drooping hands, to strengthen your weak knees. We need a program. We need a training program. And friends, we need this training program, this growth mindset program around all aspects of life, the spiritual and material life. I want you to adopt this way of thinking, this long-term view 
of the spiritual life for, for healing, for health, for holiness. I want you to keep meeting with Coach Dad, God, your coach, who is also your father. And today I wanna invite you to engage in this relationship with your new Coach Dad in three ways. I want you to ask him to teach you. Then I want you to enter into training with him. And finally, I want you to keep talking to him. So teach, train, talk. Now, I am going to be honest with you. I stumbled upon step one just this morning in prayer. I am really good at thinking all about all of the ways that I'm failing, right? All of the things that I'm doing wrong, um, all of the ways that I'm falling short. And I'm very quick to talk to a friend about it, to uh, open my phone and do a little research, to buy a book, right? And try to read up on this thing, this area that I need to grow in. But what if instead of uh, asking Google, right, you would ask God? Why not turn to Coach Dad and talk to God instead of talking to Google, instead of looking to Google? What if, what if today you just asked God to teach you what you need to know? I wanna broaden the definition of that word teach. If you're struggling to love, right, your coworkers, uh, your spouse, your children, someone in your parish, why not ask the Lord to teach you how to love? You don't have to come out of prayer with a 10-step plan. You're just giving God the invitation to coach you in this area. Why not ask him to teach you how to study? If you're feeling overwhelmed by uh, your schedule and, and your work and your social life, ask God, God, will you, will you coach me? Will you teach me how to study? You can do this with literally anything. Maybe you need help with your budget. God, teach me how to budget. Teach me how to save money. Teach me how to talk. <laughs> that, that, might sound, um, that might sound crazy, right? But of course we know how to talk, but how do you um, share your heart? How do you unveil and vulnerably share your heart? God, teach me. Teach me to, to trust someone enough to reveal myself in relationship. Teach me how to talk uh, when I'm upset. Teach me how to enter into conflict, God. Teach me how to parent my kids. Teach me how to meal plan, right? It can be very, very practical. What I, what I want you to do today is just invite God to teach you how to do something. Give him that invitation. God, teach me how to think about food. Teach me about my technology use. You're giving him an invitation to speak into, to coach you in this area of your life. And then I want you to get training. And I wanna use that word training very intentionally. Right, I have a, <laughs> I have a, just kind of a, a natural habit of, of going all in on a change that I need to make, and then the first day I don't do it, or the second day I'm totally discouraged. Right, Father Jacques Philippe actually talks about this in Searching for and Maintaining Peace, particularly in the area of prayer, virtue. Right, that when we set out to make a change in our lives, and then we fall short and this, this might sting a little, but it's gonna hurt so good, that actually when we focus on our failure, when we become discouraged at all the ways that we fall short, it's actually pride. Ooh, we're actually, our eyes are on ourselves instead of on our father, instead of on coach dad, right? So 
The next time you enter into this training program, you make a change, you begin to get some momentum in the spiritual life or maybe in, in one of these other areas that you feel God's inviting you to more discipline, instead of getting discouraged when it doesn't happen, we just turn our gaze back to the Father. We come back to the Father. And I want to talk to you for a moment about how to actually make changes. You know, there's a whole scientific field on habits and discipline. I couldn't possibly share it all with you in a three-week series, much less this one talk. But I do want to highlight one thing that's been helpful for me. It's called micro habits. That instead of making massive, large-scale, sweeping changes in our lives, which is what I think many of us are tempted to do. We want to throw out everything and start over. But instead of trying to push against who we actually are and what our lives are really like today, instead, what if we just made one small change, so small, it's almost ridiculous. I'll give you an example. Let's say you want to start working out. And you have this vision, this dream of being a person who gets up at 5 a.m. and goes to the gym and gets a run in. The problem is you've actually never been a runner. You've never been on a run. You don't even take a daily walk. Your shoes are actually falling apart because your tennis shoes are so old, okay? I'm being dramatic, but you understand what I'm saying. We have this vision, this dream of who we could be or what life could or should be like. And so we set our alarm for 5 a.m. and the first time we snooze, right, we become discouraged. We focus on all the ways that we haven't been able to change. But what if instead of planning to wake up at 5 a.m. and drive to the gym and go for a run when we've never been a runner a day in our life, what if instead you woke up and you did one push-up? Just one. One push-up in the morning. And not only for one day, but you actually do that for two days, for three days, for a week. And until you make that a habit, you don't increase the habit. You start small, smaller than small, it's a micro habit. And that way you can tweak, you can make these changes, you can talk to coach God about how that one push-up is going. And, and that's the, the final phase of this training program. I want you to talk to coach. When you become discouraged, talk to coach. When you're trying to create a new routine, a rhythm, a plan, talk to coach dad. You wanna come back again and again. What's working? What, what do you wanna celebrate with the father? What did not work? What did you not like? How are you feeling about those changes? Tell him everything. Because if we don't continue the conversation with God about discipline and about these habits, we're, we're tempted to become, we'll naturally turn inward. We'll make that a, a one a conversation with ourselves rather than a conversation with a living person, our coach, the one who knows best, the one who has the best ideas and friends. Can I tell you, when I started inviting God to help me make changes, he's so creative. He knows me better than I know myself. And so he tells me what to do. He gives me... Um, micro habits. He just has me change or, or shift or tweak in a little way, in a way that's manageable so that I can get some momentum, so that I can get some confidence. And then I come back and talk to the Father and celebrate with Him. I want to shed that limited way of thinking, that um, fixed mindset, right? That life can't be any different, that we'll never change, that we'll never be healed. 
that we'll never be whole or we can't possibly have a prayer life. We'll never be as virtuous as so-and-so. This is all a fixed mindset. But we're entering in today to a new training program. We're going to ask God to teach us, to train us, and we're going to keep talking to him through this process, this long-distance run. No more short-term sprints. No more exhausted weaving around on the track. I want you to go to the source to coach dad, to ask him to help you to make the changes that not only you think you need to make, but the changes that the father knows will bring you the most life. He knows you better than you know yourself. And so as we wrap up this series, I wanna leave you with just one thing. One thing, I want you to walk through this teach, train, talk to God about either your morning or your evening routine. I bet you thought I wasn't gonna come back to that, but I think it's the key to so much. It's the key to a beautiful day. And in particular, what I want you to focus on is how you're spending time with the Lord in either the morning or the evening. We're not going all in. We're just looking at either morning or night. And you know best, right, where you need to make some changes, where you want to grow. Is it in your morning routine? Is it in your evening routine? I'll give you a little hint from personal experience. I had so many dreams about my morning routine, but until I got an evening routine, it was almost impossible for me to have a good morning. Just a little tip. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you want to look at your night routine, but I just want you to tweak one thing with the Lord and start by asking him to teach you. God, help me to know how you want me to wake up in the morning. God, help me uh, because my nighttime is a mess. I'm staying up too late. I'm scrolling all the time. I'm not prepared for the day. Will you teach me, God, how to go to bed? Will you put me to bed, Father? Isn't that beautiful? Then I want you to make a little micro habit. We're going to walk through this whole uh, teach, train, talk with just one thing about morning or night routine. Talk to the Father. Not only is he a good coach, but he loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, thank you, thank you, thank you for your love. Thank you for disciplining us. Thank you for inviting us into the abundant life. Would you illuminate gently, Lord, like you do, just that one place where you want to be with us in the morning or at night? Help us to just identify one thing, one micro habit that we can do differently with you, Lord. Grant us the grace to stay connected to you, Jesus, through uh, this new long-term commitment. We love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. Can't wait to hear about your micro habit, your morning and evening routine, right here in the comments. Thanks for joining us. See you next week.